Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. But um, we're excited to bring a word tonight together. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah, um, so I just, like, like Maddie said, I just had this word on my heart as we finished up this last Threads devotional, which we called Centered. And the whole focus of the devotional, which if you don't get those, you just sign up um, at colonialchurch.life backslash threads. Um, and the whole point is that every Saturday we're all on the same page, unified, studying something together. It's not like we only do devotionals on Saturday. Hopefully we're all either expounding on that through the week or we're doing something else during the week. But there really is something powerful about us being unified and letting God all speak to us all about around one thing and then taking that into our world. Um, it just feels like if you imagine an army moving as a whole into territory that's not ours yet, but we're like the Lord is so taking new ground. We're all lined up together like, all right, let's do this. And we start making steps forward and taking ground for the kingdom of God. So that's the purpose of it. Um, but this last one was about centering our whole lives around Jesus and making sure that we're not, you know, heading over this way or heading over this way and life is feeling really off balance. We're actually just intentionally putting Jesus right back at the center where he belongs of our lives. That's great. Is anyone up for that? Yeah. <laughs> Being centered on Jesus yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. So we really wanted to bring a message tonight that I think is a hot message and you're going to see why. But you know, developing messages to come from our platform, we take it really seriously. And um, Jill and I were talking just over these last couple of weeks, and I was sort of saying, you know, in conversation, honey, I really want you to speak again, and it feels feels like it's been a while, and I, I want Jill to sort of bring, she always brings a great word in season, anytime she speaks, it's always powerful. And so we were talking about it, and we kind of just got to this place where it was just like this message she said to me, she was like, I think this is a message for our house. And um, it is such a heart message. I was like, well, let's just do it together. Let's really like do it together and just enjoy it. And so I really believe it's going to bless some people tonight. Um, so did anyone bring their Bibles to church? If you've got your Bible, wave it at me so I can see it. If you're an electronic person, just wave your iPhone. Or if you're weird and you've got an Android, wave that at me. Come on. Come on. It was just a joke. All right, so we're going to start, and the message title, if you're looking for a title, is just The Heart. Um, obviously, not the actual anatomical heart that resides in your body, but that's yeah. just kind of a cool picture, isn't it? <laughs> and it's really fun to come up with stuff like that. Um, so I just wanted to share with you a quick story. Um, if you have kids that are maybe elementary school age, you've probably experienced this before, but now that school has gotten back in session and we're heading into the fall, there's a lot in the a lot of this in the mornings, a lot of yelling from my daughter's room saying, Mom, where's my insert something that she's responsible for knowing where it's at? <laughs> Generally, shoes, homework, um, I don't know, a shirt, something she wanted to take that special day, um, an LOL doll. Does anybody know what that is? Raise your hand if you know what that is. <laughs> Our daughters would be best friends. Um, so, you know, Maisie is learning right now what it means to be responsible for her own things. <laughs> because when she says, Mom, where's my, I say, I don't know. 
where is it? <laughs> and then she says, I don't know. Don't you know where it is? And then I say, nope, it's not my responsibility. And then I kind of low-key help her find what she needs so that we're not even more late. But I'm really trying to teach her that it's her responsibility. And I'm trying to teach her that because I love her. And I want her to grow up and not be that kid who can't remember to do anything on their own and that kid who constantly needs somebody to be on their case because what does that do to the, the human heart or the human soul? You just feel worn down when people are always like, didn't you remember that? That was your job. I can't believe you forgot that. You know, And you get in the real world and you start forgetting things that are important like that and, and the enemy will use it to wear you down. So because I love Maisie, I want her to learn how to be responsible for the things that she should be responsible for in her life. And it's because I love her. And I think if you think about the heart of the Father, he's trying to teach us in every area of our life to start to become responsible for the things he's entrusted us with. And so I don't know maybe what it is for you, and you keep going, God, didn't we already do this? Where's this thing that I've been begging you for? And just maybe tonight I think he's trying to teach us all collectively that there's things in our lives that we need to start taking responsibility for and quit waiting for somebody to just fix them for us. And not because God's like, stand on your own two feet, because I think he is a little bit like that, but mostly just because he loves us and he wants us to flourish and to thrive in life. And sometimes in order for us to do that, we have to go through some hard life lessons because we have a heavenly father who loves us. And can I tell you, if he didn't, if he didn't discipline us, like any good father, if he didn't discipline us, then he wouldn't really love us. Hey? That's a little bit like, oh, really? God is kind. God is kind enough to discipline us so that we can grow into the people he's calling us to be. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to read from Proverbs 4, and we're going to read from verse 23. So you can turn to it, and I'll go ahead and read for us the first version is the New Living Translation, and it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And then in the NIV, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And then in the New King James Version, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And there's a reason that I wanted to read through all of those versions, and that is... Because I think it's so beautiful to see the different translations of what it means to guard our hearts. Number one, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your whole life. Guard your heart above all else because everything that you do flows from your heart. Guard your heart above all else because out of it spring the issues of life. So if, if you feel like you don't know where to go in life right now, can I encourage you to check your heart? How's your heart? Have you been guarding your heart, or has it just kind of been like anything and everybody can get at it? If there's nothing flowing out of you, if you feel like you're kind of empty and dry right now and there's nothing really overflowing from you, look at your heart. Because everything that you do is going to flow from your heart. And if you feel like you've got issues happening in your life right now, and you've got things that you're like, I don't know what to do with this, but this issue just keeps coming up and up and up. Can I just encourage you to check your heart and see what's going on inside of your heart? Because out of it spring the issues of life. If you imagine like a spring, an actual, has anybody been to the Florida Springs anywhere? Yeah, they're beautiful, right? 
So when you look at a spring, it's this gorgeous blue color because there's fresh water and there's freshness always springing up from the ground. And it's actually just a phenomenon. I don't know. Um, Ryan, Ryan's going to put a picture up for us of a spring. I think that's blue springs. Um, and I love how it says, out of your heart spring the issues of life. And so point one for us this, this night, this morning, nope, this night, point one for us tonight is your heart, your responsibility. So you can write that down if you're taking notes. Can I just jump in there and yeah. say, you know, when it comes to that passage, Proverbs chapter 4, I mean, we put up three different translations to really show the mechanism that God's given us for our lives is our heart. And I'd love it if you could write this down as well, just something practical, something maybe to uh, ponder on this week, meditate on. But the theme of my heart determines the story of my life. The theme of my heart, the general thematic of my heart will determine the story of my life. So if I can focus on my heart and the theme of my heart, the way my heart's condition is and how it's going and the, uh, the, the inputs and the, the health of the heart and whatever sort of metaphor you want to put on. But if I can focus on my heart, it will eventually find its way into my life. Yeah. And so I think, first point, your heart, your responsibility, you're responsible for the theme of your heart. That's so good. Good. That was good. Um, <laughs> your heart, your responsibility. So if we're looking at that spring, you know, and we're seeing what it looks like when there's a source, or there's something happening inside of you where you have freshness coming out of you all the time. Um, that's Jesus, right? He is, the, he is the wellspring of life. He is where we go. He is the source that never runs dry. In John 4, where he, he meets the Samaritan woman at the well, he's, she's looking for water because she's thirsty. And he's saying, I am, drink, I am the water. <laughs> I, am, I am life. You drink this water and you never run dry. So he is the spring. He is an eternal source. He's, you're never going to run out of options if you just turn to Jesus. Um, you know, but there is an alternative to that. And I don't know if you've ever, in Florida we have a lot of lakes, but there's some lakes that just have like a stink to them. You know what I mean? Like a bad stink. Like a really stinky stink. And does anyone want to own up to that right now? <laughs> does anybody have a stinky lake? In there? <laughs> it's okay if you do. It's all right. You can get this aerator thing and put it in there, and that takes care of the stink, just in case you're wondering what to do with it. But what happens when you have a lake that has no source and has no aeration or oxygen being made to flow through it is it starts to become stagnant, and algae grows, and it becomes stinky, and it's just not a great place to be around. And so I was curious, you know, I guess the science behind that, and as I looked into it on Google, because that's where you find the science behind things. Truth. <laughs> What I learned is fish can be swimming in lakes like that when there's first oxygen. And then there becomes two layers. On the bottom layer, it's, it's dark and there's no oxygen. But on the top layer, there's oxygen left. So the, swim, the fish will start to swim in the top layer because that's where they can survive because fish need oxygen in the water to survive. But what happens is when the seasons change, the water goes through something called turnover. And the water from the bottom pushes out the oxygen from the water on the top, and the fish all die. Yeah, ew. <laughs> Extra stinky. It's not only a stinky lake, but now you have stinky dead fish in it. But I don't know if you can see the, the correlation between sometimes we think we're swimming in a spring because we're alive, 
And all of a sudden, the season changes and the water turns over. And you realize that there's no oxygen where you're living. And you were never meant to swim in a place with no oxygen. And if you are not close to Jesus, then you are not getting oxygen. If you are not swimming in the source, you're not going to be able to breathe. And you might be okay for a little while. But eventually, you're going to run out of oxygen. So my question for us is, where are we swimming and where are we finding our source? And my encouragement for you is just like when you go to a spring and it's a million degrees outside and you want to get in the water, but as soon as your toe touches it, you're like, oh, it's a little cold. I'm good to just sit out here for a little while. Just like splash a little on me. The only way you can get into the spring from my personal experience is by jumping in. And just going for it. And it's the same with Jesus. You can try to dip your toe, but it will take you either forever or you'll never get in. But if you jump in, it might be uncomfortable. It might be a little shocking to your system. But you're going to hit that water and come up and realize how refreshing and beautiful it is to swim in the source. So point number one, your heart, your responsibility. In Proverbs chapter 4, I just want to read it again. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance. Everybody say vigilance. For from it flows the springs of life. I wonder what vigilance looks like for you. You know, when it comes to the condition of our heart, that's the thing about the heart. No one can reach into your life. No one can reach into your mind or into your heart and figure out what that is for you. So that's the beautiful thing about a journey of faith. It's between you and God. And so what is it about your life when it comes to vigilance? What could it be? Could it be that sense of a needing a, a renewed uh, daily devotion? Could it be a, a sense of just knowing that, man, I'm stale in my faith. I need to go a little bit deeper. I need to get some fresh water going on, on the, the surface of my life and figure it out. So I wonder what the vigilance is. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance. Yeah. What's a vigil? It's keeping watch. Yeah. It's staying attentive. It's staying engaged and understanding, man, there's stuff happening in my life. See, no one's life is just completely stagnant. Yeah. All kinds of stuff happening to us. Things come at us from the left and from the right, things we don't see, some things we do see. But we all get the opportunity in life to keep vigilant watch over our hearts. So I wonder what that is for you. Good. Your heart, your responsibility. I love that first point. Okay. Uh, I Just one thing that really stuck out to me as I was studying all of this was how much our proximity to the Father um, directly affects our response to our season. And just knowing that in this life, we're going to have troubles, right? Has anybody never had a trouble in their whole life? Put your hand up. We're all going to ask you lots of questions. <laughs> in this world, we're going to have troubles. But we don't have to be afraid because Jesus said, don't be afraid because I've overcome the world. And when he said that, that's right before Jesus is going to be betrayed by Judas and taken off to be beaten and flogged, crucified, and to die for the sins of the whole world, you and yours and mine. That's when he said, you're going to have troubles in this world. And didn't he know it? He didn't say it as some throwaway comment. He said it knowing that he was going to face the greatest trouble that anybody would ever face ever in the history of the world, defeating sin and death and bringing life. But isn't it incredible that Jesus saying that to us, not to be worried because he's overcome the world, 
that one, sh- that one huge moment in the history of humanity brought the greatest fruit that we'll ever know on the earth, life and salvation, and eternity with him promised, the hope of salvation. So be encouraged that if you're facing a trouble, not only has Jesus already overcome it, but there can also be beautiful fruit from that season. I'm not saying that God gives you that trouble or gave you that trouble or caused that pain. The enemy is the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Jesus is the one that gave us life eternal as an option, but he's also the one that can take what the enemy means to destroy you and turn it around and make it something fruit-bearing and beautiful. But that so much depends on your proximity to the Father, which is whose responsibility? Ours. So troubles are going to come, and you might be sailing in crazy, wild, stormy seas right now, but your proximity to the Father will determine what you sail them in, what kind of boat you're riding in, and who you sail them with. Your proximity to the Father will determine where you're nourished during the seasons that you're surrounded by your enemies. Proximity, your, your proximity, your responsibility. And so it says in Psalms 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I don't know if you've ever thought about what that looks like, but if you imagine a war going on and then a table being prepared by our Father in heaven that says to me, sit down, sit down. I know there's warfare all around you. I know the arrows can fly, but you're with me and I've prepared this table for you. So sit down, rest and be nourished. You're with me. You're with your Father. You don't have to worry about the arrows right now. Because I'm your shield. So you sit down and you get nourished and spend some time with me. So your proximity to the Father will determine your nourishment in seasons that are hard. But it's your responsibility. If you don't sit and eat at the table, if you don't consume what the word of God says and, and put it into action in your life, then you, you might just find yourself walking through a hard season starving. And I don't know about you, but I get real hangry, and it's not pretty. It's true. It's a chemical thing, <laughs> right? It's an area of ma- our right? marriage we're working through at the moment. Where's my medical friends? It's so chemical. <laughs> you do get hangry, but we always yeah, get through it together. We do. I just keep, like, a stash of RX bars for desperate times. And you, know, you, you know you've been married for a while because you can sense it coming on. You can, you just know, and I've just, you know, because I'm a great husband, because I really am just there for her, you know, I can just sense it coming down the road. I'm like, all right, I need to prepare some RX bars, you know, maybe, yeah. is there an apple nearby, yeah. banana? Yeah, it's true. It's Sorry, true. continue. That's okay. It's, it's true. I'll own it. It's, it's a struggle, but I do I have a you're talking about nourishment and the whole... I was. Yeah. Hangry. Does anybody else get hangry? Are you hangry right Thank now? Thank you. No, I'm actually great. Okay. Also, I prepared a pot of delicious turkey chili, and it's waiting on the stove for us when we get home. Glory. <laughs> Wife. Oh, <laughs> clap. <laughs> Classic. All right. Um, <laughs> the last thing I had about proximity to the Father was your proximity to the to Father will determine the fruit of any season that you navigate. It can be wasted or it can be fruitful. And um, 
we've walked through some really, really hard seasons. And what I've learned in those seasons that felt impossible was that it didn't, it couldn't change the circumstance of the season I was in the middle of, right? Like that, what happens sometimes has just happened. And I feel like the enemy fools us. And he makes us think if we just live in that season of, of struggle, you know, if you, if you make camp in the valley, if you will, if you just set up your house there instead of walking through the valley of the shadow, he's like, he wants you to stay there. Okay, and God wants to bring you through it and bring fruit from it. But some of us live so bitter and disappointed that not only has the enemy stolen that season from us, but he starts to steal your whole life. And you're not, we're not meant to live like that, right? Don't let him steal from you twice. Recognize where he's come to steal. Reminds him that he must pay it back times 70. He just has to keep paying back and back and back. And every time he tries to remind you of where you were and where he wants you to stay, you remind him that he has to pay it back. And you start looking for the fruit of that in your life. Your proximity to the Father, though, will determine the fruit that you get out of the season that you're in. So if the season is the season and you know, I can't change this thing that's happened, what you can change is the fruit that comes out of it because in that season, if you're sowing seeds of righteousness and patience yes, and faithfulness and love and you're sowing all of these, the truth of the word of God into the dirt that feels like you're just dropping seeds and they're getting covered up under the muck and the just black dirt all of that, if you imagine a garden just putting seeds down, it feels like they're lost, right? But the seeds go down to die so that they can bear fruit. So if you haven't sown into your season, how can you expect to reap something when the next season comes? You just find yourself with a big, empty, dirty garden with nothing growing from it. But that's not that's the life I want, right? Do you? I want a fruitful garden full of the promises of God Beautiful. that's just bearing fruit season after season. I love what she said, too, because there have been, yeah, we should give God some praise for that. We can have a beautiful garden full of the promises of God. But we've, we've been through some seasons, and some of those seasons have been really, really challenging. And I really want to f- focus back in on the responsibility that we all have over our, our own hearts. And some of those seasons we went through, one particular I remember as being really tough, was that we had the church around us, and we had good people around us, which is, I praise God for that. Thank God for him, uh, for those people that were around us. But ultimately, we came to a place where the softness of our hearts was our responsibility. And the softness of your heart is your responsibility. Yeah. What, what, what we, we get to this place, no matter what season you're in, and if, you, if you, you're staying on this road called faith, mm-hmm. you get to this place where it's like, am I going to allow my heart to get hard? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to make sure that my heart stays soft? Right. Softness before the Lord will take us all the way. But if we allow our hearts to develop a little bit of callous in this area because we got burnt over here or we had a bad experience, and like Jill said, the enemy comes and he wants to destroy your life. But if we can allow our hearts to stay soft towards the Lord because of that proximity, we're going to be okay. Amen? Point number two. So point number one was your heart, your responsibility. Point number two was... Your life, your surrender.
just like it's our heart and it's our responsibility to steward what God's given us and put in us, it's our life that he's given us. It's also our surrender that we get to offer back to him. And there's this, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. Surrender can seem like this really daunting thing. Like how, how do I surrender everything? Like what does that even look like? It's making Jesus the Lord of your life. And that means putting him in a place in the center where whatever he wants, whatever he is asking of you, your answer is just yes. Because you trust him. And it all comes down to what we actually believe about who he is. Do you trust that he loves you? And do you trust that he has your best life waiting for you? Do you trust that your best days are still ahead? Do you trust that he's going to be there when the troubles come again? Do you trust that there is no one else that can satisfy the needs in your heart except for him? But it's your life and, and it's your surrender. He offers us the choice to surrender our lives to him or not. And we can live as Christians not fully surrendered. You can. But it's not fun. <laughs> because deep down inside, we were meant for a life surrendered completely to God. And when we're not completely surrendered, what we're really saying to God is, I really appreciate what you did for me on the cross, but I've got it from here. Right? I mean, that's essentially, if we're just like, if you guys want to be real, I mean, we can sound Christian all night, but if you want to get real, what we're essentially saying to God when we're not really fully surrendered with every place in our life is, thanks a lot, I'll take it from here, God. And that's not a safe place to live. We feel safe because we're in control, but that's what we do generally as humans is we think if we control it, it will be safe because we'll have control over what's happening. That's not a safe place to live. The safest place you will ever live in your whole life, the safest place you will ever be is a life fully surrendered to him. Because when it's all falling apart or when seasons change and things get hard, you know that it's on him and he's going to step up and be everything that you need. But when it's on you, you cannot provide enough for yourself. You are never meant to. You have a heavenly father that created you inside to out and knows exactly what your soul needs. He knows everything that you need. There's not a space in you that surprises him or that he has not seen. And he loves you just the same. And all that surrender is is not for God to go, see, I have the power. He does have the power, just so you know, <laughs> always over everything. But he invites us to surrender our lives and the purposes so that he can give us a life that's full and abundant, exceedingly beyond what we could ever think to ask or imagine from him. It's amazing. I think the thing about this walk of faith is that the longer you get down the road, the more you realize, man, I'm not surrendering as much as I used to. Yeah. I'm not surrendering as much as I did. Yeah, I've surrendered my life to the Lord. But as I've gone along, seasons have come, I've had some success, I've figured out how to do things a little bit better than I used to. And then again, what we do is we try to take back control from God. Yeah. When what we really need to do is keep surrendering different areas. So I wonder tonight for you, what's that area of surrender that you could give to God right now tonight yeah. before you leave this place? Yeah. Say, God, I'm just giving you this. I'm giving it back to you. Somewhere along the way, this transaction happened that wasn't approved by heaven, but I just approved it myself and I took control back. Yeah. But I wonder in your own life what that could be as well.
So I'd love to pray for us as we get closer to closing tonight. But I wonder what that would be. I wonder if you'd ask the Holy Spirit to just reveal it to you. Or maybe it just comes straight away. You're just like, yeah, I know that's what it is. This area of my life could be relationship. Could be something as simple as stewardship in your own life. Could be something to do with a fractured relationship. Could literally be your relationship with God and not surrendering to Him. Did you receive that word tonight? Team, you can come back up and join us. I'd love to pray for us. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Father, thank you that you love us so much, Father, that you are willing to do what it takes to get to those areas, Father, that mean that we can be completely surrendered. Father, thank you for this thing called free will that resides in our hearts and our minds. And we get the opportunity, Lord, to to do something about it. We get the opportunity to steward our own hearts and our own walks and our own decisions and our own condition, Lord. So when it comes to our heart's condition, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would lead us to that place tonight where we can be fully surrendered to you. And in those areas, Father, that we know that we know that you're revealing to us right now that we just need to let go of them and to surrender ownership back to you. Father, I just thank you that you'll show them to us and we can surrender those things to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.com.